Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to take you through a few charts and data uh, to sort of unpack to some degree uh, how COVID has impacted certain industries and individuals within the economy. And I think what this data does is it helps to inform us how quickly we are likely to see a recovery and where is that recovery likely to occur um, uh, initially at least. Um, a lot of these charts were taken from a presentation that Governor Lowe, the, the Governor of the Reserve Bank of Australia, uh, gave in October, so last month. Of course, it's going to be difficult a little bit to share some charts with you on a podcast, uh, but perhaps I can sort of describe uh, what the chart looks like and, and what the outcome is. Uh, of course, I would encourage you to check out the charts that are in the link is in the show notes to the podcast, but also uh, the blog on our website. So the first chart that Governor Lowe uh, shared was the was how the unemployment rate or, or uh, I guess, job losses occurred uh, by age. And what it, what it showed is that half of the people uh, that are still out of work uh, till August, so the, the, the data's a little bit old, um, half of them are under the age of 34. Uh, and in fact, then, uh, really, uh, the, the increments over 34 the distribution, the unemployment distribution is relatively even. Uh, so, And it's been well publicised that COVID has really uh, disproportionately affected uh, younger people. Uh, the next chart, what they did is had a look at sort of occupational earnings, so average rates of earnings uh, by occupation. Uh, and then they, then they ordered them from high to low and split them into... Uh, five groups, so sort of represented, you know, the bottom 20% of earners, then the next 20%, and so forth. Uh, and then they looked at the impact of unemployment um, based on income, and what this showed us was that the the people that earn or in the bottom 40% of earnings uh, had 80% of the job losses. So it's younger people and people that are earning uh, lower incomes that have been more severely affected. And that makes sense because a lot of those occupations can't work from home. Uh, so if you're a cleaner, for example, or you work in hospitality, you can't do that work from home. Uh, interestingly, the top 20% of earnings are actually employment increased in that sector. Uh, so certainly what, what COVID is doing is it's making, to some degree, the rich richer and the poor poorer. Uh, and the next chart, the, ne the next sort of most interesting chart was by industry. Uh, so where is the unemployment in, centred in what industry? It would be no surprise that uh, hospitality is way out there. Uh, and I think hospitality as an industry is going to need a lot of help, help a lot of government support, uh, and it's likely that hospitality as an industry is going to really struggle in terms of uh, returning back to pre-COVID levels, and it could take uh, many years. Uh, manufacturing, professionals and transport, arts and recreation were the other uh, four categories that were impacted. And then really, um, except for public administration and finance, uh, we that, those two uh, industries actually experienced an increase in employment. Uh, the, the, the other industries have been um, well and truly sort of protected. 
In the charts, what it shows is the impact to May and then the impact to August. So really we're looking from, say, March to May and then March to August. Uh, and what it does show is that um, there's been a significant improvement in unemployment, or I should say in employment, to be positive, uh, during May and August. And uh, there's nothing that we would know about today that would suggest that that improvement hasn't continued, uh, particularly in states uh, other than Victoria, although Victoria is going to uh, uh, probably bounce back relatively quickly too. Uh, post uh, the second lockdown. Uh, the next charts, uh, again, prepared by the RBA were some that sort of highlighted of the people that haven't been impacted or at least impacted to a lesser extent as a result of COVID. And now we know those people are likely to be um, 35 years or older and likely to earn higher incomes. So for that cohort, what has been happening? What have they been doing with their money? Uh, and the first chart that uh, explains that the savings ratio has uh, gone from what was about 5% up to nearly about 20%. So, I mean, part of that's going to be because of the lockdowns through COVID. Uh, you know, things have been shut, no overseas travel. Uh, you know, we've been shutting our homes, particularly in Melbourne. So we've had less items to spend on. Uh, but it's what it's suggesting is that we've got more money in the bank. Uh, consumption's fallen away significantly, uh, but again, that's probably more in relation to the to lockdown. Uh, and we've seen spending data, which I'm going to talk about in a second, bounce back relatively quickly. And there's been an uptick in disposable income. Part of that would be uh, just the reduction in interest rates. But the savings ratio is probably the most compelling uh, compelling one. Uh, the next chart uh, I wanted to show and that Government Low, in fact, uh, showed was uh, repayments towards personal credit cards, uh, and uh, they have really skyrocketed. So it certainly demonstrates that people have been spending less and then probably kind of repaying their past uh, spending habits or overspending in the past if they've got uh, credit card balances. And the uh, last chart from Governor Lowe uh, that I wanted to talk about was, was probably uh, arguably one of the most interesting ones because I haven't seen it before, or at least this data. And what it showed is the amount of money people are spending on interest, the amount of principal they're repaying off their home loans, and the most interesting portion is the, the amount they have in offset accounts. Uh, and what it shows is that uh, the cohort that haven't been impacted by COVID, or at least to a much lesser extent, they've been uh, repaying loans, particularly personal debt and credit cards, and also mortgages at a faster rate. Uh, and they've got substantially more, almost twice as much money in the offset accounts. So it's showing that that um, to some degree, this cohort that hasn't been impacted are actually in a much stronger position um, than what they were uh, pre-COVID. The next uh, set of charts are put together by the banks, uh, and most of the banks look at uh, spending data. And what they do is every, typically every fortnight, not all of them, but a lot of them, they release uh, some economic data around uh, credit card spending uh, in terms of which state, what states are spending what, uh, in which categories and, and those sorts of things. And it gives us some real-time uh, sort of measure of how people are feeling and what they're spending and where they're spending and where they're not spending and so forth. So it's quite valuable data and very timely, most importantly. And essentially it shows that spending 
uh, is about 8, I mean, it depends on which bank you look at, 8 to 10 or so percent higher than what we were spending last year. And so part of that's going to be we're spending on different things and uh, obviously we're all spending it in Australia because we can't travel outside of Australia. Um, but it shows that, uh, what I think it shows is that the cohort that haven't been impacted by COVID have enough spending power, enough spending capacity to more than offset the reduction uh, by the people that ha- unfortunately have been impacted by COVID. Um, uh, and we must understand that uh, consumer spending makes up around about 60% of GDP in Australia. So it's a pretty important uh, important aspect. Westpac and the Melbourne Institute uh, released their Consumer Sentiment Index last week, uh, and it was kind of surprising. Consumer sentiment is now at a seven-year high. Pretty significant, I guess, you know, the the contributing factors to that uh, is the fact that, um, you know, Australia is uh, almost relatively COVID-free now, Uh, particularly Melbourne uh, hasn't had a case for a long time, so... Uh, that's uh, that probably helps people look uh, further afield, you know, beyond COVID, kind of after COVID, if you like, and certainly into 2021, uh, where we're going to probably have a more normalised uh, economic level of economic activity, uh, and also Pfizer's uh, announcement in regards to their successful vaccine or likely successful vaccine. And so if we get that in the first half of next year, that's obviously going to assist with the global economic outlook. Uh, And I think these factors are contributing to some degree to uh, overall confidence and sentiment. So what does this, uh, all this data tell us? Well, uh, the first um, uh, sort of story behind the data, I guess, is that higher income earners are probably going to drive the property market recovery, which I've sort of talked about previously, but this data uh, really confirms it. Uh, So, of course, that first uh, cohort of people that have been impacted by COVID uh, are typically the people less than uh, 34 years of age in the lower 40% of um, earnings. Uh, They're probably not uh, owning or contemplating purchasing property in blue-chip suburbs. Uh, you know, not to sound uh, elitist or anything like that, but the reality is uh, because of their borrowing capacity, purchasing power, affordability, they're probably not uh, contemplating owning property in those locations. Uh, Whereas the second cohort, uh, which is the people that haven't been impacted by COVID, uh, that have been putting more money in the bank, uh, they've pretty much preserved their uh, income levels, uh, they've been repaying debts, they're actually in a in a substantially stronger financial position today than they were pre-COVID, they're the people that are probably likely to make the first move to start re-implementing previous plans, whether it was to uh, upgrade, downgrade, uh, buy their first property, invest, uh, those sorts of things. Uh, They're they're probably the first cohort to make a move. uh, And I think uh, those people will uh, really drive probably the, the, the recovery of the, the property market. The second observation, key observation, is that we're also going to be reliant upon those higher income earners to drive Australia's economic recovery. Uh, and as I said, uh, consumer confidence, uh, consumer consumption, I should say, 
uh, contributes around 60% to GDP. So if we've got these people spending lots of money, and particularly since they can't go overseas and spend money there, they're going to be forced to spend money in Australia, uh, whether that's on increased consumption or just domestic travel and tourism. Uh, Either way, the money stays inside Australia. And hopefully at a macro level, at a total level, uh, that, that more than makes up for the people that have been unfortunately severely impacted by COVID uh, from an economic perspective. Now, of course, there will be industries and sectors that will be hard hit and will take many years to recover. Uh, and again, uh, the Melbourne hospitality scene is probably right at the pointy end of that. Uh, so, of course, I'm not suggesting that you know um, it's all good. Tomorrow we're back to where we needed to be. Uh, but really from a macro level... Uh, which is important because uh, they're the sorts of things that drive markets and returns and overall sentiment as well. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And if we start feeling more confident, we tend to start um, uh, putting our plans into action. And and so when everyone sees uh, other people putting their plans into action, they get confidence and it uh, snowballs like that. So there you go. There's some really interesting data, really interesting insights. I would encourage you to have a look at the actual charts uh, because a, a story, a picture tells a thousand words. <laughs> and um, and I think we can be relatively optimistic if we're property investors and share investors. Uh, I think we can be relatively, relatively optimistic about certainly uh, Australia's economic prospects uh, and ability to recover from COVID uh, and for those asset classes to start delivering the types of returns that we hope that they would deliver when we first invested in them. Uh, So as I said, check out those charts on the website and until next week, bye for now.